Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am very excited because right now I have returning friend of the show, Tom from Patient67 on Discord right now. Tom, I think I said this already, but good morning to you. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> good evening to you, Ian. I'm doing, I'm doing very well, mate. Thank you once again for having me, for having me on the show. Absolutely. Now, I got to ask, do those Australian jokes just get so completely old by this time? Uh, no, it's, it's, all, it's all good. It's all in good fun. And I just feel <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I think in heavy music, there's enough Australian bands now where it's, you know, we sort of see it um, in, in a lot of interviews, but, sure. you know, by the same, by the, by the same, um, by the same token, it's, it's good that we're recognized for, for where we sort of live. So it's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's a very optimistic way of looking at it, the very positive <laughs> way. And I think we talked about that the last time you were on the show is that you are a very Absolutely. positive, optimistic person. So on that note, though, I have a bunch of congratulations to give you. So let's start out with the business side for a second. Congratulations on signing with In Vogue Records. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> definitely been a, a whirlwind few months for the band. And um, yeah, really happy to be sharing that that journey with In Vogue. So. Very nice. Well, we talked about that specifically, the whole label versus independent thing the last time you were on. And I remember that conversation very well because you were very adamant when we talked that if you were going to make that move to a label, it had to have been the right one specifically for your band, for what you wanted to do. So can you take everyone kind of on that journey of how this came to be? Because I trust your opinion. I know In Vogue has to be the right label for you. I think it was about having a... Um partnership or you know a, a deal that worked for our band and we'd been in conversations with Invogue for months I mean I think we, I mean we'd even been in conversations with them sort of on and off when we when we spoke last time and so there's definitely a, a history there of us sort of working together to try and to find something that fits and what that actually means like when I say that it's not just we want to sign to a label we like it's, it's actually a lot more um sort of more layers to it than that. So yeah. we were kind of looking for an, an opportunity to work with a label that would give us um, flexibility in what we wanted to do. So, for example, um, you know, we wanted to, you know, keep having that sort of presence on social media. We didn't want that to be altered. We kind of wanted our brand to kind of stay, you know, we just kind of wanted to be ourselves. We didn't want to be sort of tied down in that sense. And also we wanted to be um, – sort of working with a label that would give us flexibility in terms of release. We didn't want to have to, here's what you have to do, right. here's your fulfillment, and it has to be done this way um, versus Invoke, which are very much, you know, you know, a, sh a short deal, which is good because, you know, it doesn't, you know, we've all heard the stories about what that can mean when you're sort of locked in for a period of time yeah. without that flexibility. Um, but also we could we could structure the releases and songs how we wanted i mean for for them to want to work with us on the deluxe was was great because this was a win win you know we were able to have our uh our music that we've you know a lot of it had already already been put out they were able to to sort of get that out to more people um but on the flip side uh you know they were able to sort of tap into our um growth as a band as well so right. it, it worked yeah, no, no, that's great to hear. And I guess for anyone that might not know, 
Your EP Home Truths actually came out independently in 2020. And obviously, that was like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was that right before COVID and the lockdown, somewhere around that area? Yeah, and it was. Yeah, it was literally like, I mean, in our area, but I think it was sort of everywhere, sort of Feb, March. But yeah, yeah. the EP was out Valentine's Day last year, and then we played our release show. And then then by that next weekend, there was restrictions coming in. So yes. it all happened very quickly. Exactly. Yep. So I guess making that structured uh, you know, contract with In Vogue allows you to, even though things are not done by any means right now with COVID, obviously we're still living in the quote unquote COVID times, but by having In Vogue back you in doing this deluxe release with extra tracks and instrumentals, you know, reimagined tracks and, and guest features, you're able to also get extra ears on that EP that might have had more had COVID not been a thing, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we had plans. You know, I've I've not made it a secret. We had plans to to tour, um, you know, uh, nationally, mm-hmm. like do some shows across Australia. And obviously, COVID threw a lot of that into a tailspin. And and you know, everyone's sort of faced with the same challenges in that regard. So I don't I don't sit. I mean, I've actually had a lot of people ask me and like what and how you sort of dealt with that. You know, sort of being on the cusp, and then COVID has sort of hit and taken that away. But I actually look at it the other way around, and I say, look. We've actually we've actually turned COVID on its head by by buck, by you know buckling down and putting out more music oh, and yeah. really being active in a sort of a presence, you know. So yep. I actually look at it, I actually look at it as if it's like a you know a positive thing or at least the most positive version of what this pandemic could be for a band in our position. Um. So and and you're exactly right in terms of the EP. It's it's a great chance because it gives it gives that extra push. You know, there was a lot of things going on in Feb last year where people you know. Obviously, the lockdowns were in place, and a lot of good music came out at that time too. Like you know, bands like Polaris, um, Amity, Word Alive. There was like a lot sure. of good albums coming out at that time. So, but yeah, so it just gave us that opportunity to to, to re um, sort of re-release it, but also give you know some some fresh content on there as well. So yeah, no, I think that's very well put, and we had definitely talked about that a little bit before as well. I mean, not only did you put out the EP, but you also did. You know, you did the stripped down version, you did Imbalance Redux, you did that as well, plus now the deluxe edition. So yeah, you guys have have definitely, even with, I know how stressful your job can be, even with all of that, you were still able to put out more music than you put out even before. So that is very, very cool to be able to do that, that's for sure. I think so, yeah. I mean, I think we we wanted to um, intentionally have that, um, like... We didn't feel like there was any point in our band holding back. I mean, we could go and say, and like I said, I've I've had multiple people ask me, like almost like you know, almost like we should be feeling sorry for ourselves. But the reality oh, is, no. is that every <laughs> band, not, but this is this is it's true though because people like there is that mindset of the music industry that you know we should have a um an outlook where we're like, oh, we can't tour, oh, this sucks, you know, what are we going to do? We're just going to have to wait it out, and it's like. Forget that, man. I'm not waiting it out. I want to go and keep growing and keep doing what I like doing. And obviously, that involves music more than shows at the moment. And right. and everyone's in the same boat. Like all all venues, um, you know, all across the world, we've been more f- fortunate in Australia, Ian, in the sense that we can, um, like there is shows. Like I mentioned sure. last time, they've been yep. on and off. We mm-hmm. were in lockdown not too long ago, actually, as well. So it has come and gone, which resulted in some of our shows that we had planned being cancelled, right. which is right. why. Which is why I haven't been super big on the show scene because you just can't control that stuff. It's 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 a bit of a um, 
you just don't know what's going to happen in the space of COVID, do, do we really? So, right, right. Um, so yeah, it's it's just about having that control over what we could do. And we just thought, you know, a lot of people ask, chilling, listening to music, and we can sort of be that um, be that band that's sort of um, yeah, staying busy and putting things out for people to enjoy. Yeah, it's not like a you're not capitalizing on it necessarily because that always brings like a bad connotation to things. But you're actually sure. you're giving people something. You're you're filling their lives with something more positive. You're filling their lives with something extra that they might not have gotten before. So it's something actually pretty positive to try and you know help people out because your music is very helpful as well. And I'm sure people have told you that before. So to be able to do that is like an excellent extra thing that you're able to do. So that is really great. So congratulations on that. And then Thank I want to move on from that for a second and go to a little bit of the personal life of you as well and say congratulations on your engagement too. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a big it's been a big few months. Um yeah, yeah. Christmas Day um proposed. So and Alicia my um my fiance, yeah, now she said yes. So very cool. I was very nervous, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I can only I can only imagine on that one. But do me a favor because I think on Twitter we we had talked a little bit about it, and I know you let people know some of the details. But what was your original plan? Because I know you didn't, you know, COVID once again. It's something that is, yeah. is affecting everybody. What did you plan <laughs> on doing before, and then what did you end up doing? So as you can sense a theme here, yeah. So COVID <laughs> is, has, in, has interfered in our lives in more ways than one um, yeah. for a lot of people, and we're, we're no exception to that. So we plan to go to um, uh, to Disney. Um, you know, we love. We're, we're both massive Disney fans, especially ah. my partner. She's um, like a Disney like blogger and stuff on Instagram. But we plan to actually go go there, and I was planning to propose that at um, at Disneyland. But obviously. You know, and 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 see basketball because I'm a massive NBA fan as well. But obviously sure. that was all hit. You know, when all changed when COVID when COVID came about. So that's that's okay. So what I did was instead I um yeah I put the put the fireworks on like did like a fireworks virtual display at home and just yeah. sort of tried to bring Disney to to home. And uh, luckily it 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 worked well. <laughs> I was worried cool. it wouldn't come together, but it did. It luckily it did. Very nice. So, no, that's great. Well, now in Disneyland. Have have you been before? And then the second part of that is, did you have a specific area or ride or something of when you were going to propose? Sure. Yeah, I've been before. Um, and my partner Alicia, she's been. Um, yeah, she's been a few times. So, um, so yeah, we'd been to Disneyland. Um, before. Um, but because we knew so far out that it was being that we weren't probably going to be able to go. I didn't really get the chance to get to that next layer of detailing, um, but I think anywhere at Disney would have been would have, would have been pretty special to be honest. Very nice. um, so, yeah, very very cool. And hopefully in the future, you know, when things open up, we can we can get back there in the future. So. Absolutely. Yeah. No. The only reason why I asked is because there was a time where I was dating someone, and I thought I was going to propose, and I was going to do it uh, for her when I was at an Alisana concert. Amazing. And I had the I had the song picked out and everything. <laughs> oh, it's Man, fun to Alisana, laugh. About. They're they're a good they're a good band. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, no, it just didn't work out. That's that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Well then let's go on then. See, I, I told you I have a ton of congratulations. So the next <laughs> the next part is I also saw that I believe it's the three year anniversary of four walls is that correct as well 
Yeah, very close around around that mark. I think we're we're right about there now, or, or close to it. So yes, very cool. <laughs> yeah, I was actually listening to that the other day and went through it and remembered how good that is as well. So yeah, I, I wonder. Thank you. Are you going to? do any of that and i think we might have i i apologize sometimes i i know we talked possibly about this before but sure. do you plan on redoing any of those tracks kind of similar to what you did with imbalance it's it's kind of different because those songs are really finished products versus mm -hmm. what the imbalance ones were at least in my mind um we are probably going to do something um something with one of the songs on there um but it's still kind of in the works at the moment so it's not fully fleshed out um so yeah there's definitely there's definitely something there but as a whole i really i really like that ap kind of the way yeah. the way it kind of is um i really like for me like i was just going back and i was like i think i think about where the band's come in the last couple of years and i still like i still really enjoyed the songs on that ep mm -hmm. and i do hope that in the future we can um play some of those songs live because they are a lot of fun and um yeah, it's been it's been a definitely a really crazy to think it's been three years since we put that out, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we talk about it all the time, but I think time has kind of slowed down, but kind of sped <laughs> up more than we think in some in some ways. So absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. It's it's very, very strange. But okay, and now I have the last, at least for now, the last final congratulations. Yeah. And that is that you put out the deluxe edition of Home Truths. So I loved going through everything again. It's kind of weird to me, and I, I don't know if it's weird for you. Sometimes I don't get the point of instrumentals, and other times I'm like, wow, I really enjoy listening to this because there's almost, it's almost like sometimes there's something missing. And obviously it's the vocals, yeah. it's not like a mystery, yeah. but it, it's, it's a different way of listening to a song. Do you have that same feeling at all? Absolutely. You know, truthfully, like I kind of ummed and ahed a little bit on like the deluxe as a whole, like what we wanted it to be and mm -hmm. whether it was it was worth worth pursuing because I'm someone like that too. Like do – is this value added? Like is this going to bring something new right. to the table for the listener? And I, and I guess what we kind of landed on was Home Truths instrumentals by themselves, for me, this is just my, my view on it, probably not, not enough like – sort of additional i don't know if it would bring anything like new to the table but when you're doing the home truth deluxe as a whole with the additional songs and the, the cover and the reimagined stuff i feel like it does have a place because it does kind of um it, it kind of correlates with like the full songs and i think going back and listening to them like as a whole after streaming like the original versions with vocals i do think there's stuff there where you go oh that's cool like i, I wasn't picking up on that or that sounds good or yeah. maybe you just don't like my screams or whatever it like might be i just feel like there's definitely enough of a um uh there's definitely enough correlation between between the songs to kind of make it work but i'm definitely the same as you Ian, where i was like where do these instrument uh, instrumentals fit and how do they kind of but i think it's about the, the deluxe as a whole and what yes. it kind of brings to the table yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And yeah, it's it's an extra nice to have. But then the other parts that you know round everything out as a whole is the extra tracks that you have. You know, you have features on it. You have Rory, and you have Outline and Color, and you got Kellen Quinn. You've got the stripped yeah. down. You've got the reimagined. So you really round things out well. So I guess the question would be for that: How did you know when you were done? 
Like how did you decide, okay, that's enough extra content or did you want to throw in another feature or another track that you guys had ready to go? Yeah, it's tricky. Like, cause we could have put the, the cover we did on there as well with the, my heroin yeah. um, Silverstein cover, um, which we did at the same time of recording. Um, like we had that, we've had that in the works for a while. Um, so, and that's why it does. I actually feel like that song sounds a lot like, like just in terms of son- sonically sounds a lot like the songs on home truths, like the original six songs. Um, I agree with the guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just kind of landed. We were like, look, here's, here's the line. We're drawing it here before we kind of move on to what, whatever we're going to do next. Um, and we just felt that um, there was enough kind of there. And we figured with Antithesis, which is like the quote-unquote lead single of the Deluxe, it was kind of that perfect bridge between what we had sort of been doing on Home Truths mm-hmm. and what we kind of want to do in the future. So that's kind of where we sort of sort of figured we had enough. And then we were like 16 songs. We put the instru- yeah. instrumentals on there. It's a, I mean, it's nearly an hour long. So it's right. definitely definitely a lot on there and that's where we were like look we probably don't need any more and then we can kind of um round it out with the outline and color collaboration and um that kind of just put the bow on everything kind of nicely so. right yeah that's that's absolutely true now you did just mention you know bringing up rory and antithesis and man by the mm. way do you have trouble with that word because i do and i don't know why antithesis yeah like i have to i yeah, have to think I about do. it yeah you gotta think about it before you say it because if you just flow it you're probably going to mess something up. Okay, sorry. That was just a, a side thing there. But when you, when you talk about that track and you talk about the direction that you're looking to go in, what does that mean for you? What, what are you guys looking to do? Because I think that's kind of a worry that I have a lot now in the scene that I didn't really used to have before. And may, it's just me. I know it's a, it's a personal thing. It's a, a thing to do with taste. And I know you have a very wide range of taste in the scene of all different styles and genres of music. But I know you've noticed, I'm sure, that a lot of bands in the scene have really, really changed that. They've kind of gone more in that poppier, you know, rappy, whatever, however you want to call it, sure. direction. Yeah. So is that something that you guys are interested in? Or are you talking about? like kind of honing out that post-hardcore metalcore realm? Yeah, it's a really good question, honestly. And it's it's hard because I always try to approach everything with an open mind. So mm-hmm. I'm not sort of here to pigeonhole like what we're – I mean, if it's not in my nature to sort of just go, we need to sound like that and that's right. what we're going to do. Like we're going to – we're going to – like we are going to progress and make a, a – and make a, you know, a radio rock sound. Like that's not what it is. It's just more about like how can we keep – um, sort of growing and kind of change what we're doing and kind of do new things. It's just about having that mindset. And I feel like antithesis, which yes, it is hard to say, and I did not title <laughs> that song. Um, so I can I can say I didn't I didn't choose the tongue twister on that one. Um, but yeah, that song is really cool to me because it kind of brings what we were kind of doing on Home Truths, like with the, um, you know, with the sort of melody and the riffs, but also mm-hmm. brings an extra like element of progressiveness. Yeah. So, so I feel like what we're trying to do next is kind of hone in on that and try to figure out what we want to do with that. Like we're always going to have, we're always going to be a a heavy band. Mm -hmm. We're always going to have screaming. Like we're always going to have that part of the band, but what's the next step? Like, what does that look like? And I guess that's what we're trying to figure out as we progress forward. Um, But I'm definitely approaching it with an open mind. Like I said, we're always going to have 
and we all love heavy music. So we're not going to get into a room and be like this, like we're, we're going to not write heavy music. It's just <laughs> not, that's just not our, and we're not trying to get anything like we do it. We do this because we love it at the end of the right. day. And yeah. that's the reality. So we're not going to start like doing something if we don't enjoy it. So um, we're going to keep an open mind, but at the same time, like what comes naturally to us, how can we get the best out of ourselves? Yes. Um, I think, I think a lot of bands are like, for me personally, based on what I've seen, like, and read is like, it's very intentional. Like, we are going to do this. We're going to make this sort of record. Mm-hmm. This record is going to be like this fast. But for us, it's more about like creating naturally and kind of having that um, willingness to try new things and just kind of see what sticks, what feels right, and kind of make it more intuitive than anything else. Um, that's not to say we don't write like crazy because we, we do. That's mm-hmm. why we're, we're always putting things out. But it's also like not being too married to like, what it's going to sound like at the end and kind of being more open-minded. Right. It's a long answer. But I, hope, oh, no. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> no, that, it, definitely, it definitely does. No, no, I wasn't, I certainly was not expecting, oh yes, we are going to make five metalcore songs and we are going to have, yeah, you know well, what I mean? Uh, no, no, certainly <laughs> did, not, did not want that. Yeah. But no, I appreciate that answer because I think that is definitely the way, at least the way I would go into when I was making music before is just yeah. that openness to whatever you think is going to sound the way you want your band to sound. So that that makes complete sense. But I like that you also brought up the term radio rock because you do see a lot of bands kind of going into that flow. And sometimes it works out well, and I think sometimes it doesn't. It's all going to depend on taste and how everyone reacts to it, obviously. But there do seem to be bands that kind of hone in and say, yeah, we decided we are going to make this yeah. more palatable for a wider audience. And that, to me, sometimes it alienates. I think it alienates myself, at least, and yep. I think sometimes it alienates the scene as well because I think what's kind of happening right now is we're seeing not a diversion of the scene or not a wider array or wider array of bands and genres all melding together. We're almost seeing a shift away from the scene to where there almost isn't one anymore and now you're moving like established bands into the pop category into the radio rock into new metal whatever it happens to be i I don't know if you feel the same way and i'm not i'm not asking you to you know pinpoint certain bands that do this or anything like that but when you listen because i know you listen to a ton of music i know you listen to new music i know you listen to the you know older 2000s you know like great stuff that that i know i love as well but when you see what's going on right now do you have that same feeling or am i being too pessimistic i think it's definitely a balancing act like yeah and like i said like it's the same for me as a fan like i try to keep an open mind about things like i'm not I try to separate myself as a like when I'm thinking about my own band versus when I'm thinking about how I feel as a fan mm-hmm. because the the musician in me wants to appreciate that like no matter what an album sounds like at the end like the amount of hours and the struggle and like all of putting that together can't have been easy yes. but at the same time I also I'm very passionate about the bands that I love and I don't like when people or bands I should say mail it in or mm-hmm. it's very intentional that they're trying to go from one bridge to another while like it's really difficult because I feel like we you, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over, but at the same time, is that progress genuine or is it intentional to meet like to meet a certain 
goal or change your audience or like what is the reason behind the growth like or progression of the band like it's 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 so difficult um and i feel like in our scene and we are very passionate about the bands we love very passionate about the albums we like the sound like all the way down like to the to the production of songs like we're very (laughs) we can be very nitpicky as as metal fans truthfully oh yeah um and we make it hard on the bands that do branch out because and we all know, like the perfect example, like recently is obviously Architects and how divisive that album is right. or going to be. Yeah, I, and I try to keep, like I said, I try, I try to. It's not to sit on the fence, but I do try to see it from both sides of the coin. Like on one hand, like I can I can see why people wouldn't like progression of said bands because maybe to them it's not a progression. Maybe it's a step back. Maybe the music doesn't have that same impact anymore. But right. on the other hand, it's like you have to respect what the band, what bands like that are doing and trying to really. Um, try something new right yeah and i think i you you hit the nail on the head again and i use the very cliche line there but it's just yeah when when you talk about that i almost want to say and maybe maybe i look over this too much but i almost thought in my mind that almost everyone gave the band's respect for their time and their effort that they put into something like you can definitely tell when something isn't genuine and there are plenty of bands that I personally feel aren't very genuine with some of the things they do. But if you're going out there, like let's just take the Architects uh, example. I may not like the new album, but I respect that they put tons of effort. Like you can tell there is a lot of effort in there. You can tell that they had to really try and, I, I don't know if maybe in their heads they're thinking, okay, we have to make this better than or completely different because they can't make it better than Holy War or all our gods have abandoned, you know, abandon all your gods, all yep. that kind of stuff. Maybe in their heads that that really messes with your psyche and your mentality a little bit of how do we make something better, quote unquote better than what we had before. Yeah. But I would hope in general that people would respect and understand that there's a lot going into music. And I mean, Architects, for example, again, I think their album was 16 tracks and came in at almost an hour and only one intro track and no interludes. So that is effort. That is a lot of stuff to put into an album. But it's definitely, I I liked also what you said, the, the word progression or progress gets used almost in the same way as the term evolution. (laughs) <laughs> sure. It, unfortunately, it, I guess it is your point of view of what you feel is an evolution or a you know a de-evolution or, or a progression or a step back. It's it's whatever you want to see as your point of view. But yeah, it's just so difficult. I, it's just been running through my head a lot because you tend to see so many bands in the scene that I used to really really love their music, and I see they're doing well, so I'm happy that they did well or are doing well, but the change in what they've done is so immense. And you can remember a time, even maybe five years ago, where if that band had put out the same album, they would not be treated the same. Sure. Because now all of a sudden, there's that, there's that kind of switch to, oh, well, pop is good. Pop is something that we have to embrace. And I'm still of that old school nature of, well, no, if I if I liked pop music, I'd be listening to pop music. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do. And I think you're you're spot on. Like 
I think at the end of the day, we just have to we have to enjoy what we enjoy, and if we don't, we respect we we it doesn't change our like it's it's not about being like malicious or, right. or rude or even like disrespectful. It's just about like you know this isn't for me or this is for me. I love this. This is this feels fresh. This is great. Or I I, I don't enjoy this. Like I feel like we all have our own opinions, and yes. I feel like that's what it comes down to. And music is subjective at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Like at, and at, and at the end of the day as well. Like we're all fans of music. We all love, like, we all love different music. And sometimes, like, bands don't owe us anything just in the same way that we don't have to like a new album from a band because it's from that band that you right. might have loved other albums from. Yeah. So, like I said, I see both sides. And it's just about treating everyone with respect. It's like we don't need to come after people right. or start. And I've, I've said this many times, like, it's like we don't need to start calling out, like, people who disagree as, like, you know, beneath you or wrong. It's just about being like, man, like you might like this album. That's cool. I don't really like like it as much or, you know, it's that's music. Like It's been that way forever, right? <laughs> you would think, but it does seem like things have changed a lot. And look, I know, believe me, I've been doing these shows for, wow, it's coming up on like 10 years or something. Wow. So I've been doing this for a really long time. And I know that there are other people other than me that like making, you know, you make jokes about certain things, but it never used to be so offensive to people that they would lash out at you instead of just chuckling. Like, for instance, Tom, if you made fun of my favorite band right now, I would not be hurt by that because I like the music that I like. So I don't understand why any time that someone makes a joke or someone does an honest review of something or, you know, whatever it happens to be, that you have to have the, you know, the stands or the simps or whatever they call themselves nowadays to come <laughs> after, you know what I mean? Like, where did the fun discussion yeah. come from? Like, or sorry, where did it go? Because it's not here anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it comes down to. It's all it's all about how it's interpreted and people being like overly critical and overly, like, you know, and that, that's with social media as well. I just think it's yeah. part of the, the, the shift in culture. And we as like fans of the genre and I consider myself a fan before I consider myself like any like a musician because I've been a fan longer than I've been doing like in my own band and stuff. Oh, sure. But okay. It's about treating it's about treating everyone with respect, and I've I've learned that too. And like yeah. I've had moments where I've like you know felt entitled to be like, oh, this album like it's not like you know this album sucks or whatever, and I like you know have to voice that to the world. But it's like, man, like you cannot like it in a way that's not gonna like. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard like you like you, it's 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 almost like we just need to we just need to be kind to each other and sure. you know and no, i think that's true. where it kind of starts no it's it's a good way to look at things and i know sometimes i let it get in my head too i i try to be as i don't know i try to be as nice as possible but i really like making jokes and oh, i i really and whether people get that or not i i'm not sure but i prefer that i don't know well, let me ask you this so you put out My Heroine, which is the cover from Silverstein, and I very much enjoyed it. I was so happy. I have that on one of my playlists where it's just like I can constantly listen to it if I want to. I think it's a great cover. Did anyone, because things are so protected now, did you have any backlash to the way you put your spin on the song? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we, we get, you know, I had one guy who was like, really came at me. He was like, you've like ruined like, it was really, it was like wow. really quite hurtful to me. But oh, that's, I'm sorry. 
no, 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 that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you do. Like if you put music out for people to listen to, you open yourself up to people having different opinions. True, and true. I'm completely okay with that. Like even if I'm like, like it might in the moment, I'm like, oh, that kind of that kind of sucks that you feel that way. But you also have to remember that, you know, like I said, music is subjective. People don't yeah. have to like what you're putting out. And if people want to go that extra, um, that extra like step in sort of making it personal, then I guess that says more about them than it does about you. And I've, sure. I've learned that right from when I've, I'm like, maybe I should just chill out. Maybe I don't need to be so vocal about things. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, I, that's, that's the way it is. At the end of the day, and like people are going to have their opinions and that, that extends past music. And it's just about how, how you deal with it. That kind of makes you, I guess, more than anything. True. Well, what do you, what did you do? Like when you get that negative feedback, does it completely roll off your back? Do you got to go do, like, do you have to do yoga? Like, what what do you do? Because for me, I just try and leave social media. Like, that's what I'll, yeah. I'll take a break, that kind of thing. I mean, I've had occasions where I've, I've blocked people if it's really, if it's really intense. Oh, like, sure. I'll just be like, you know, it's just like, I don't want to, I don't have, like, I don't have to put up with that. Like, I don't engage with it. I don't right. go, you know, what I will sometimes do if, if it's, um, you know, if I sense that maybe they're just sort of, just talking for the sake of it i'll be like you know have you listened to this song maybe you could i'll I'll try win them over but if it's if it's not happening then that's okay like and sometimes you'll be like you'll be like oh you know sounds like x band or like you know generic or whatever (laughs) and i reply and i'm like well have you checked out this song and they're like oh that's cool so sometimes you can actually like oh there you go flip it but yeah but i I can understand some people yeah some people it might not be their their thing they prefer to just leave it and i think that's healthy like you don't want to start getting letting it get to you and sort of letting it take up space in your in your um in your day to day right it's not worth it it's just <laughs> <laughs> for me yeah. my favorite thing is the mute button i think the mute button is so much better than blocking people i think yeah. back in the day like years ago i would block people cuz i was like ah now they'll know you know they'll know i got them but there's something there's something nice and tricky and sneaky about the mute button because now you've <laughs> muted them but they think that they're talking to you they think that they're getting to you, but they're not whatsoever because you can't see anything that they do. And to me, that that to me is almost like a worse punishment than blocking somebody. Sure. Yeah, I think that's important too. Like it's mainly just about, you know, knowing that it's not it's not it's not getting to you. Like, you know, you can have your opinion, but yeah, like it's not gonna stop me from from, you know, doing my thing and right. people can just like, like I said, like a lot of the time that, that negative energy says more about, you know, yeah. that person, if they're willing to keep going, than it does about you who's just trying to, you know, do what you enjoy and that's, that's okay. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I want to kind of build off of that Silverstein thing for a second. And I kind of had, I thought this might be a fun question to go over with you because I don't always get to ask something like this, but Obviously, you know about kind of the nostalgic because, you know, you did My Heroine, which is one of, you know, Silverstein's biggest songs. And what that was probably from, what, almost 15 years ago, 15 or more years ago, somewhere around there. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it's some, yeah. somewhere around there. So you're you're very well versed in older nostalgic bands. And I, I know I listen on a, on a consistent basis to bands that I still love. And right now in the scene whether it's, you know, because of COVID or it's, you know, where people have some more free time or maybe it's just the way things are going in movies, TV shows, entertainment in general. But we have a really big nostalgic kick. 
And in the scene, we have bands coming back from the dead, basically. I mean, we have attack, attack, Jamie's elsewhere, we are defiance yeah. are, are hinting at things, and there are, there are many more. So I still have a little bit of an issue with some of those bands, but I did want to ask you, right now, if you could bring back any scene, ba- any scene band from the dead, do you have a favorite band you would bring back to get another album? Absolutely. I would bring Confide back. That is a great answer. I love Confide. That is a really great answer. <laughs> you know, if you if if you go if you if you go to the album that they kick started in two thousand and thirteen, I want to say, mm-hmm. and open that CD, I did I like I put I forgot what the amount was, but I've contributed to the album and my face is on the album in on the in on the C D insert. So oh, I is love it really? that band and I would I, I, it is, yeah. And I would kill to get another album from them. Absolutely. That is a great choice. Actually, I want to say it was a few weeks ago. I think I shared it on Twitter. I was listening to Shout the Truth and just remembering how great that band was. Yeah. That's, that's really good. But didn't they put out something in like, I mean, we were talking about Four Walls. Didn't they put out something in 2018? No, they, they re-released the- Oh, that's uh, right. Re-release. They re-released it because yep. uh, Joel the drummer he remixed it, so it's like a cleaner version, but still the same um, same record. That's from okay. 2013. Okay, all right. I knew I was confused there for a second. Yep. So here's here's my follow up question to that. Then, so what I noticed, and I don't know if you also noticed this as, as well, but when Attack Attack came back, and I personally do not really count them as attack attack because I think at least two of the main people, if not three of the main people are not back in the band. And I think what was a lot different from them is obviously the type of song they came back with. I don't hear attack attack in that song. I don't think it's the type of music that they used to play. So my question to you would be if confide did come back, but they made an album that was different from the genre that they were initially in or the mix of genres that they initially did, would you still consider it confide coming back and would you still be as interested? Uh, I would because of the name and I'm very, like, as you would know, like, I'm sure it's the same for you. Like, you get very connected to that to that band and feel like if there's that name attached to it, you're going to listen. Whether sure. you kind of like it is a different different conversation. Right. But I probably would. I mean, they've kind of done a version of that. They did... Um, couple of the guys in the band did form and write an album, but it's under a different name, which I think is probably preferable because you, you don't you don't risk that. Um, or it doesn't matter what it, it's not it's not about risking it, but you don't you don't um sort of throw you know the legacy of the band or if it's not quite you know you know it's not quite matching to that project. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I'd prefer that version where they do it as like a side project if it's not the full band or at least the main contributing factors. Right. Because I think we all we can all kind of acknowledge that that new attack attack song is again one that's divisive in the sense that it's not um it's not probably the sound that they had from when they broke up, which you know that makes sense. It's yeah. been like ten years or whatever, tw- eight years. But I think for me, the reason I personally haven't listened to it is because it doesn't um have the people that. I know, like, made me really enjoy their music um, involved in the project. So, right. for me, I, I think, I think, and I'm sure it's the same for you. You don't, you don't connect with the band the same way because it's not the same people creating the music that you like loved initially. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think that kind of makes sense. No, exactly. I think that does too. And I think it's been at least because I think this is a 
a trend that's going to continue. And obviously, there are lots of trends in the scene that, you know, pick up steam and then they lose it. But I think one of them for sure is going to be these bands that didn't get, you know, they they maybe came in, they did one album and people loved it and then they were gone. Or they were a little bit like a quote unquote flash in the pan kind of thing. I think those type of bands are uh, are going to be making a comeback. I think the only one that really, that really truly captured exactly where they left off was, you know, the band Scarlett O'Hara? Oh, yeah. I love that band. Yeah. When they came back with Welcome Back to the Brodeo, and I think that was 2019, 2019 or 2018, that was eight years since Lost in Existence. And when they came back, they had pretty much, you know, the same members. And that album sounded like it came from 2010. Absolutely, it did. Yeah, that was a very cool record. And they purposely did it that way, I think. Yeah. Um, and it and it worked. And I, I'm, I heard you mention We Are Defiance. Yes. I love that band as well. I'm really excited to see what they do. Yeah, I'm hoping because that too, I, I don't know if you remember this, but the lead vocalist of We Are Defiance and maybe a couple other people possibly were in the band Paddock Park first. So they went from Paddock Park to We Are Defiance, but both bands almost made the exact style of music. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think what's kind of nice about We Are Defiance coming back is you're getting Paddock Park back again. And whether yeah. people, look, people listening to this might have no idea who we're talking about. If you don't, <laughs> go back and listen to those albums because I personally, I think, I think some of it holds up. Some of it they might not like as much because some of the lyrical content uh, you know, but other other than that, I think people will still enjoy that kind of metalcore. Absolutely. I'm really excited about that. And I also enjoyed Paddock Park a lot too. So we're definitely on the same wavelength in with niche scene bands from 2007, yes. uh, 2010. <laughs> so. I, I, I knew I should have put together a trivia game. I always say I'm going to do it and then I never do it. But I think that would honestly be fun because I was thinking, you know, the same question I asked you, I was thinking about it. And besides, you know, my favorite band of all time is still Funeral for a Friend. So if you said they're going to come back and do something similar to Casually Dressed, then I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. (laughs) But if you're talking about like a, a small scene band that not a whole lot of people remember or, you know, whatever it happens to be. I'm going to choose someone like this romantic tragedy, us versus them, like stuff like that. Some band that many people, there's some other, there's some other smaller bands that had like one or two albums yep. that I would just love to hear something again, you know? Absolutely. I'm all for that. <laughs> it would More be of it. very, very fun. So I am going to completely switch again because I love doing this and I want to make sure that I asked this. This is kind of going back to, you know, the Australian thing a little bit. And I don't want to assume that every Australian knows everything going on in Australia. Because if you ask me something about the United States, I might not know about it. But because this is part of the scene, I want to see if you can fill me in on this because it blew my mind when I saw it. Do you know the reality show that Buka is on right now from Make Them Suffer? I do. I saw billboards on. Uh, it was I, I was walking through the city, um, yeah. like a couple recently, and yeah, the promos for it are in full force. So, so. what? <laughs> what is it? What can you explain? It's, any? I don't know what it is. Uh, 
So my plan is to watch. I'm probably going to watch some of it today, actually. But oh, okay. pretty much the plan of the show is to get people together. Okay. And they they just get married like at first sight. So I think that's the idea behind it. But I think what really people like about it is the like the fallout and the drama, and it's just sure. I think it just makes a really compelling <laughs> uh, compelling viewing. So. so so let me just not not to think you're an expert on this, but is it is it I'm one? Not, <laughs> Is it one person that they give like so? So Buka, who and am I saying that correctly? Is it Buka or Buka? I actually don't know. Um, okay. I think it's I think it's Buka. Well, but then again, it's my accent that throws it off. Oh, okay. yeah, she. So I, I think how it works is that they they all get assigned like they don't know who it's going to be before, but they all okay. get assigned someone on the show, and they like track like they follow the relationships as they get married. Sure, like. At first sight, you know, so I think that's the idea. It's multiple women or men who they have to marry someone that the show picks for them. Pretty much. Wow. Okay. So, (laughs) but my question is, how come I didn't know this? Because I would have moved to Australia to be picked for that show. That's what I'm pissed off about. Well, look, do they not do the, is there not a version of that in Maybe it is only an Australian show, because but I've seen it. I've actually seen a lot of people like on Facebook that I have as friends from America, like who have been like, "Oh, I'm watching this show." Like, so it must only be an Australian thing, right? Like, I, I don't think, think they've they've branched out. I mean, they have plenty of you know crappy reality shows like The Bachelor and Bachelorette and like yeah. Temptation yeah. Island stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever. I have heard people talk about like one where it's almost like mail order brides. And they yeah, come up. Yeah, I think up- that's 90 Day, 90 day oh, Fiance. Okay. I think. All right, there you go. Yeah. So I have, I have I, heard I'm of that. I'm ashamed I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think this is just an Australian thing. But it's like, holy shit, I'm sure she could find someone who has the same interests of her. I mean, I love Metalcore. I could easily have been over there. Like, I just, I wonder why they did not let anyone know about this. I think, and you know, because this show is such high profile, like it, it's probably one of the few reality shows that people generally talk about, like, like still, like people are watching it as it's happening, and people oh. are generally interested, in, and like I said, in the drama and in the in the fallout, and who's yeah. you know still together and all of that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know why like it worked out that she was on the show. No idea about that, but definitely cool. And I feel like you know, she did say in her um, but promo for it or whatever it was that you know it's obviously a touring musician you know not meeting like you're not having the chance to kind of settle into a relationship i think it's yeah. a cool concept you know and i think i'm actually keen to see how it plays out um as i get to finally watching it maybe we have to maybe have to work something out where we actually do an episode review podcast just oh, while God. she's on <laughs> i'm not uh you know i'm sure plenty of those already exist but i don't know if there's one coming from the lens of um Make themselves a fan first, and then married at first. So I, exactly, enthusiast second. So that's probably your niche. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what the scene needs. The scene needs a dating site where people of the same likeness of music, because I think that is, I'm sure, part of it's my personality as well. But one of the yeah. reasons why I think I have trouble finding someone is because I can never find women that like this type of music. It's extremely yeah. rare. <laughs> and you can't go to shows anymore. So it's, it's all. Can't go to shows anymore. But, but by the way, now I know it might be different in Australia, but 
the shows here in the States, it's almost all 14-year-old girls. Sure. Okay. I yeah. guess I guess it's a bit different because a lot of the shows here are either over 18 or – Ah, okay. So it's just a different different thing. But very, very different. Yeah, very def- different. De- definitely something. <laughs> I feel like you're onto something with this. You need to make you know you need to make Tinder, but for people who like alternative music. Oh, how much fun! Your- it's, you just press the uh, the sign of the horns button, and that's the one there you want. Go. <laughs> 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 well, let me not to be not to be too personal or anything, but so your partner does she enjoy this style of music, or is it something that you guys have to kind of keep separate in your lives? No, so she's. Um, I met um, Alicia through like the music scene, um, mm-hmm. like a while ago. Um, so yeah, we definitely both love um, metalcore, post-hardcore, like any. You know, em- you know, she's growing up listening to all the big emo bands like My Chemical Romance, ah. Under Oath. So we we'll always have that as a, um, as like a special kind of, you know, connection between us. And I, I can't imagine it any other way to be honest. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I think. Music, as as we've talked about, being very subjective and divisive at times, I think that's one of the hard parts because I think you have to have somebody who either they're going to enjoy, especially if music is such a big part of your life, they either have to enjoy the type of music that you like or they at least have to be able to tolerate it. So if they don't have a favorite type of music and they're fine with listening to yours, then I think that makes things fine. But if they despise anything with screaming in it then it makes it very hard to have a relationship i'd imagine it would be yeah and i don't think i could yeah i can't really imagine like not having that um and yeah in terms of the band stuff yeah really supportive like obviously it keeps me really busy but it's good that you want to be invested you know and with someone who respects and cares about what you do and that's that's really important so yeah no very true now how has your job been I mean, I know with you and I, we both have quote unquote essential worker positions and you guys just had, like you mentioned earlier, you had had another lockdown and now you're back out of that. How has your job been with balancing between that and music? It's really, it's really difficult to be honest with you, Ian. And I do, I do talk quite openly about that because I feel like it's an important conversation to have around, um, you know, mental health and around, you know, finding the energy and enthusiasm to pursue your passions right. but also um having that balance in your life between um you know it's it's probably not a secret that music you know you're not you're not living large if you're if music is your primary hobby for the most part like it's it's something that if you're going to do it it requires you know a lot of time and a lot and, and, and often a lot of money as well yes so i think it's important to have that security that um especially at the moment um you know with the pandemic and stuff without touring being a factor really at the moment. Um, it has been really busy and it has been a juggling act, but for me it's about finding the most efficient like ways to spend my time. Um, and I kind of – it's kind of an ongoing thing. Like that, what that looks like will change. But, yeah, my job all, always is busy. Um, I'm in a position at the moment where I'm managing a team of people. So I'm actually oh. quite – I'm having to be quite on the ball in my day-to-day. So um, – yeah, where music fits in, and that is is the evenings and, and the more early mornings as well. And how is that with balancing with your partner as well? How is that with Alicia? Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, I think it's about balance. Like, the, yeah. I, I'm quite open in communication with with her in terms of you know if I have you know for example like we have recording coming up like these dates. Here's the days I'm going to be kind of um, you know away, sort of not as you know 
I'm not going to be around as much, but then there'll be weeks in a row where I'm not doing as much music stuff and I can spend tons of time with, with my friends, family and Alicia and, and have yeah. that. So like I said, it's just about having that, that balance where some weeks are going to be absolutely full on. And I don't think people talk about it enough, but then again, I don't know how many people are in a position like mine where I'm not working a part-time job or I'm not, you know, working, um, you know, on and off, I'm, I'm, I'm full-time and I do quite long hours at that role. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely probably unique to, to probably only a few people, but the, the way to make it work is by being, um, is by being organized and by being um, open in your communication about what you're doing. Um, right. And don't burn yourself out. I talk a lot about that too. Like don't, um, don't run yourself into the ground too much because consistency is key versus actually, um, you know, you don't want to just go full on four weeks and then you, you're out of energy to do anything else. It's about incremental, like week to week, doing what you can to keep the train sort of moving. Right. Yeah. And I know you had mentioned on Twitter when we were, you know, before we started talking today that you're actually going to be going to the gym in a little while too. So is that something for you? Is that that de-stressor in your life? I try to run a lot as well. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, just to give people an idea, I guess it's about finding things that relax you as well. It's also super important because as much as I love doing music, it can be really stressful. Um, some weeks, um, mm-hmm. depending on what you've got going on. Some some weeks, it's like the funnest thing in the world, and it's all I want to do. But sometimes yeah. the organisation and stuff can be can be something that does stress you out when you're when you're doing that while working. Um, so I try to find things like sport or running that kind of relax me, and you have that balance, you know, in yeah. that way. You mentioned you're you mentioned you're an NBA fan. Do you also get to play basketball when you're over there? I'm hor- uh, well. I play. I play rec rec ball. I'm okay. absolutely useless at it, but it's the it's it's the, it's the fu- it's having fun. Eh, and that matters yes. at the end of the day. As I went over my my terrible long list of sporting um, failures, but I still enjoy it, and that's kind of what's cool about it. <laughs> is it every sport, or is it just basketball that you're not good at? Uh every sport. I'm bad at every sport. <laughs> The only sport that I'm remotely okay at is I wouldn't I wouldn't count running as a sport. That's that's easy because I don't have to do too much other than just not stop. But when sure. it comes to anything that involves coordination, um, it's it's the execution that lets me down. So ah. yeah, <laughs> but I still enjoy it. Good, good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's all that's all that really matters. Now for NBA, who's your who do you actually support? So I am a um, Cavaliers fan. So wow. I love um, I love Cleveland, and I love um, I love that. Just something about that city. I think probably when I was growing up and through the last few years, seeing like I um, enjoy LeBron James, watching him play. Obviously, mm-hmm. like a lot of people do. But I, I, even when he left Cleveland, I still really felt a really strong like alliance or connection to that city. I can't really explain it, but wow. yeah. So I really enjoy the the, the Cavs and kind of funny that Invogue are based out of Ohio yes, so right. there's a kind of cool a cool little connection there as well so now I, I'm assuming I mean maybe I'm just assuming something that I shouldn't but I would think that when COVID is over or at least people feel safe enough to travel some more and all that kind of stuff would you be making a trip out to Invogue to kind of see the area maybe you know meet people face to face that kind of thing definitely um there's definitely a lot that would um, change, you know, once we're able to travel. Um, I think that would probably be something we'd all love to do. Sure. Um, we'll see how it kind of shakes out, but yeah, I would love to. I would love to visit that. That Cleveland as a city, Ohio as a state. So yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
All right, Tom. Well, I think I was looking at the clock here and we're almost at an hour. So you know how people's time spans or time, you know, management is and, and their ADHD and everything else that goes along with it. So it's always, yeah. it's always fun talking to you though, because I always now, I know I can put on weird random questions and we can just go over it and shoot the shit about it. And that's what I really enjoy about what I do. So I very much appreciate being able to do that with you. So let's remind everyone once again, the Home Truths Deluxe EP or Deluxe album now is out through In Vogue Records so people can go listen to it. You also have merch and I'll make things very easy by having all the links to get merch as well as to follow you guys on every social media platform. I'll make that very easy. But until then, is there any specific way to support you guys the best? Yeah, thank you, Ian. Um, I think the best way for people to support us is to just honestly follow us on on whatever social media you use. If you just search Patient Sixty Seven, um, we love like interacting and talking to people. And obviously, if they they want to stream or, or purchase the album digitally, it's available um, on streaming services. Um, so anyone who wants to give it a listen, we would really appreciate it. And definitely let us know what you think because because we love hearing from people. So. Absolutely. And I mean, people, you just got to know you should also follow Tom as well on Twitter. And I'll make that available as well, because he is just a really positive person. And he's always willing to discuss music and, and just listening to patient 67 is just so much fun on so many levels. And I got to tell you, Tom, I mean, anytime that I listen to your music, I just get more excited for what's next for the band as well, because it just seems like you've got such a good head on your shoulders of where you want to take this band. Everyone in your band is talented. You guys make great music, and I'm just looking forward to what's next. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it, and um, hopefully we can do this again soon. It's always a lot of fun uh, chatting to you, man. Thank you, man, and thank you once again for taking the time out to do this. No worries at all. Appreciate it.